What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the TPS podcast. That's the Philosopher's Stone podcast. How are you? What the hell is going on, Sam Laboon? What are you up to? Uh, I'm sitting here. It's uh, 7.30 p.m. in Ottawa. I'm drinking an almost cold Samuel Adams. Really disappointing. I myself just cracked open a Fat Tug IPA from Driftwood Brewery on Vancouver Island. I highly recommend all of their products. Oh, man. Those are are great. It's a big old beer. These are classic (laughs) Fat Tugs. Yeah. They will get you Mm. fucked up though. 7.5%. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my birthday started this summer. I started drinking fat tugs, pounding them back. Before you know it, I'm taking shots mm-hmm. of Tito's, getting paramedics called. Dude, you need to stay away from vodka. You, you, you got it. You got it, especially Tito's, because that shit's like water. Yeah. I can't believe that that stuff's legal. Yeah, seriously. A child could <laughs> chug that down. I, I, literally, I think a five-year-old could drink Tito's vodka, no problem. Wouldn't even wince. It is scary. It has like no aftertaste at all. It's just like it goes down so smooth and then it, I think it's like yeah. 44% and you're just you're just fucked. Yeah. I mean, the uh the scary thing about hard liquor in general for me is that it's like it's got like a 2-hour lag, I swear to god. Mm. So you I overdrink every time. I'm like I'll be like sober, sober, sober and then boom, ruining your party. <laughs> it just happened. It's happened to me several times. Yeah, it is Just like, be like completely fine. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up like sometimes with someone else. One time I woke up, someone else's clothes on, had no idea whose clothes they were. Never seen them before in my life. Didn't know where I was. And uh, yeah, it was all thanks to vodka coming in and just one punching me into oblivion. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not the I'm not an angry drunk, so I, I don't get emotional. So I don't like ruin my relationships, mm. you know, but I do injure my body almost every time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what? if I had to hurt something, at least it's myself. Yeah. You, you remind me of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. You know how he died? Is this a transition into what we're talking about? Uh, no, not, not really. Just, no. He was, how do uh, I remind you of? Okay, so you said you you like you woke up with other people's clothes on. So I have, yeah. When he when he was found dead, he was found. I think he had been on the way to like his own wedding or something. And yeah, he like disappeared on the way to his wedding. Mm-hmm. And then when he was found, he was dead. He was wearing somebody else's clothes. <laughs> and uh, so there's all these like weird, <laughs> there's all these weird conspiracy theories. But probably just got got shit faced because he was an alcoholic. Yeah, he just had way too much to drink in the limo. And then uh, he passed out in the field and someone else liked his tux. And we're like, you know what? I'm going to take his tux, but I don't want to just leave him out here naked. That's cruel. So we get, then he put him in his, his uh, you know, jogging pants and, uh, and T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the, a bad way to go, though, huh? On his way to a wedding, though, that's kind of rough. It's sad, yeah. Well, to marry, like, yeah. his, his underage cousin, probably. Maybe it was for the Oh, best. really? Was he that type of guy? How? When was Edgar Allan Poe like alive? I don't know much about him except for he's like a horror author, right? Yeah, he or was. I think of someone completely different. No, he was a, like a. Or is he about poems? He he did both poem poetry and prose. Um, he was born January nineteenth, eighteen oh nine, Boston, Massachusetts, and died October seventh, eighteen forty nine. So forty years old. Damn, that's yeah. not a long life. That no. is not a long life. I guess back then it's probably it was probably like deep, good, a good, good, pretty, pretty good push, a good hitch. Um, uh, no, I think they were living longer back then. But yeah, well, yeah. maybe he realized that's that the really only good. way that you that the, the best way to make your art uh, resonate for the longest is to die young. Mm. Better to burn out than to fade away. As Neil Young, as Neil Young would say, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who is still alive? Right? Is he still alive? Yeah, what a know? hypocrite, eh? Fucking Odile. Right? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, hey, put your money where your mouth geezer. is, Neil Young. Let's see some action. <laughs> I want to see an overdose. <laughs> yeah, come on, the needle and the damage is done. Let's go. You should have been dead in a hotel room thirty years ago. You fucking hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, hey. Hey. Into the yeah. black or whatever. Is that how it goes? I don't know. I don't know. Rock and roll will never die. Uh, anyway, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe, very, uh, very excellent short story writer. Like, probably the best short story writer ever. 
What's your favorite one? Ooh, uh, the Telltale Heart. Didn't he write something really called good. Telltale Heart? Oh uh, yeah. Didn't he have the one called the, the Crow or something? That's uh, the one. <laughs> The Raven, what? I think you mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Fuck, it's, it's the same bird. Come on. Uh, very different. Very different birds. Yeah. Okay. Very different birds. It's like there. saying like, no, man. Okay. It, okay. Look, that's like the difference between a hamster and a gerbil. Same animal. Okay. Here's, okay. In Game of Thrones, the Night's Watch are called crows, but... Yeah. Birds that live at Castle Black are ravens, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But they put them in the same building because they're the same thing. <laughs> Crows are a lesser bird. Ravens are like very um, symbolic. Like they have ravens at the Tower of London in London. And there's a, yeah. there's a, a saying that there. if there's ever less than, I think if there's ever less than five ravens at the Tower or something, England is like doomed. And they're down to five. <laughs> they're down to five. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I just get another one. I don't know what the problem is here. Yeah. No, I know, because I remember that I, the first time I saw a big group of ravens, I was, like, scared to get near them. They were so big and so, like, they looked at you like they knew they knew every secret you've ever had. <laughs> and it was terrifying. Yeah, they're, at first they're I was smart. I was like up north and I, I thought they were a group of crows and I was like oh my god crows get so big up here like I wonder why like why are crows so much bigger up up north turns out it was just a ton of ravens ripping apart this dumpster it was nuts <laughs> nice yeah also I think ravens are like hella way smarter than crows yeah they're all Probably smarter than me honestly all, what yeah pound for pound they're pretty pretty damn smart. I would say birds. Pound for pound, smartest bird out there. Smartest bird, pound for pound. I mean, like, if you no, compare the got... size of a like a crow or a raven's brain to, like, a human's brain, like, mm-hmm. a crow is, like, clearly getting a lot done with a tiny piece of hardware. Or the raven. Like, you mean the raven? Or, or both of them. They're both really smart. Crows are really smart, too. Like, they understand uh, volume displacement tests. Like, a crow knows that if it if there's like a a thing that it wants and it needs to and it can float but it can't reach deep enough into the beaker it knows that it can throw things that sink into the liquid and it'll raise the volume and then it can pick up the floating thing that it wants that's wild yeah that's nature that is wild (laughs) i know and we're like oh my god look how smart he is but like honestly i could have figured that out I could have figured that out without anyone showing me, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway. Except for crows don't go swimming, so they probably don't see that they don't like experience that phenomenon, like by their own actions. Usually, like like you know, first time you sit in an overfull bathtub and it overfull overflows, you, you really you learn that lesson, right? But mm. crows aren't having baths. Well, maybe bird baths. Oh, I don't know. Well, in a way, that makes it even more impressive because it's not. They're, that's they're, true. Like, they're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like the, that the, that they haven't actually experienced the physical sensation of it themselves, but they can still understand what's going on. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly, man. Pretty gnarly. Crows, ravens, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, now here. Do you think that a raven could write a compelling short story, though? Um, hmm. it would take a lot of training. <laughs> and lots of life experience. Yeah, this crow, you'd have to make it immortal somehow because it would take a long time to train it how to write, I think. <laughs> yeah. You could get it to do I like a, a Mad Lib type of thing where it like pecks, it like pecks options off a board and like each option represents like a word or like a plot point. And you could have the crow just like peck, peck its way through this board and then everything it pecks, you put that in the story. Boom. That would be a good writing exercise. Have a freaking bird pull out like three words and you got to write like a, a stand-up bit oh, based yeah. on those things. That'd be hilarious. Actually, I'm pretty sure I did a show. I think I did a show at one point where that was the show was I take, I choose comedians and I draw subjects out of a hat and they all left the room and had like 10 minutes to write a bit on that subject and then come back mm, yeah I, I, did, I did something like that once oh no no it was three comedians i made three comedians 
they each got the same subject, and the person that came back after ten minutes with the funniest joke about that subject won, I guess. And then we had actual stand-up, like rehearsed bits. Oh man, to fill the time while they were writing. And I think, <laughs> I think what happened was is that none of them really came up with anything that good, <laughs> and it was kind of like super anticlimactic way to end the show. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's why stand-up is really good once it's honed and spent a lot of time honing a joke. That's when it's at best, when it's fucking coming up. When you have 10 minutes to write a joke on something you never thought of before. Yeah. Chances are you're not going to churn out gold first try. Def- no, like I, I, did, uh, I did something like that in Ottawa. It was similar. It was called the Babble Gong Show. Oh yeah. And it was like, uh, you'd, it was a bunch of comedians and... You, there was like a panel of three judges and there's this big gong. And so you would pull your topic out of the hat and you just have like, I don't know, maybe a minute to think about it. And then you just had to like launch into material. And if you yeah. ever like started to lose the audience, someone would hit, yeah. would hit the gong and then uh, yeah. the panel of judges would roast you. And um, oh, yeah, how'd you do? I won the whole thing. I won the whole competition. What? Really? Oh, yeah. Nice, man. Fuck yeah, dude. And then walking home, because I'd forgotten my notebook at this other stand-up venue. Yeah. I had to walk home and pick it up. Who did I meet at that oh. stand-up venue but Mr. Tom Green himself? Yeah, I saw that picture. That's awesome. I, I was, Tom Green, I was Canadian so comedic legend. I was so scared. I didn't say anything to him. And then, then I just ran away after they took the picture. Ran out of the <laughs> That's way. how it should be done. Just That's like, really fuck. how it should be done. Get me out of here. <laughs> Uh, there's a guy in, I think he's in Edmonton now. I think he lives in Edmonton. Ben Boss. I don't know if you met him. Oh, I I saw him at Dakota's once. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. We did a couple shows at Scotch Creek last summer. Anyways, he does a show where everybody in the audience has an app running on their phone. And it, and then there, there's like a live, there's a screen. And then it, people in live time, like in real time, they, on the app, they select how much they're liking the comedian, and the comedian can see overall oh how much the audience likes him. Yeah, and then he pays like a dollar for every. So once your approval rating drops below a certain point, you get kicked off the stage, and then Ben uh, <laughs> will pays you like a dollar per minute that you stayed up there or something like that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah, I want to try it next time I'm in that. I mean, <laughs> if comedy comes back anytime soon. Yeah. I think the Which I'm hopeful to, for the, yeah. the vaccines are rolling out. They're rolling, oh, rolling, rolling. We're so slow in Canada, though, compared to I the know. states. So slow. I heard the states are doing a the Canada's population in a single day. Yeah, it's nuts. Like in Ontario right now, I think they're doing five thousand people a day. Which that seems like too too little. Yeah, it would take twenty years to vaccinate the whole province at that rate. Oh my God! So what's the holdup here? Just access um, to the vaccine itself? I think part of the problem is Canada doesn't have any domestic vaccine production capability. We can't make it here, so we're relying uh, on other countries to ship the vaccine to our country. But uh, the problem is everyone just wants to hold as much of the vaccine in their own country as they can. So we're let's, kind of, the let's of sneak the across the border, Sam. Let's go get let's go get jabbed. <laughs> Go get jabbed. Put in the, the chip right. <laughs> Put the chip in me and let's get going. Put my number. I need my bill number. My bill gates yeah. number. He said every like industrialized country should be eating synthetic or like plant based meat from now on. Or I think he meant lab grown meat, lab not plant based. Oh, okay. Lab. What's yeah. the difference? It's real. It's real meat. It's real muscle. Protein. It's just not. It's just grown in a oh, in okay. a lab, right? So yeah. it is. It's still real meat, but okay. it's just. It's uh, never was from a live animal. Which I agree with him. Fuck it. If we can do that, let's do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm way more on board for the the grown meat than I am for the plant based stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, man. If you're gonna eat plants, eat plants. If you're gonna eat meat, eat fucking meat. <laughs> do you think that there's gonna be a holdout with the like? really staunch vegans when they do have entirely grown like lab grown meat they're still going to be like well i don't like the taste anymore of it. <laughs> or somehow it's still cruel um it's like come on man yeah at that yeah. point it would just but be those... like the the people who are who do veganism because they just they're they don't like meat but there's like yeah no, there's no ethical reason 
I mean, I've I've met vegans that say they hate the smell of cooked meat, and I say to really? them, "You're fucking lying through your goddamn brittle teeth." Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? you don't like the smell of yeah some nice roast pork cooking in there. Yeah, That's and why weird. are you drooling all through your freaking <laughs> sharpened scissors on the side of your teeth? <laughs> yeah, what are those canines for? Not for brushing. Yeah, sports. they're they're literally shaking out of your mouth right now, trying to jump onto <laughs> that steak. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen, uh, I've seen vegans accidentally eat whole burgers that were supposed to be vegan burgers, but were actually beef. And guess what? They fucking liked them oh, until they yeah. realized it was meat. And then they're like, ugh, gross. But their erections were a dead giveaway. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the classic meat boner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've heard of meat sweats? Meat sweats. Now, coming to you, meat boners. Meat boners. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, their pupils dilate, their their faces flush. They're like, oh my God, what is this? This is yeah. this isn't meat? Oh, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. I mean, I've tried the uh Beyond Meat burgers and they're like they're passable, but they're definitely you can tell. You can tell you're not eating meat. Yeah, those those scare me because like they did they like make those things out of in a factory out of like oils and stuff. Like it can't be good for you. There's no way that that's healthy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I like the lab-grown meat stuff. So, <laughs> so people are still. I thought Bill Gates got like shunned into his basement forever because he's, I don't know, gave us one of the greatest gifts to humanity ever, and then everybody turns on him the second he says he wants to vaccinate everyone. Windows ninety-eight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was peak tech. Peak tech. No, he's just. Uh, I don't know what he is. He's like Mark Zuckerberg, except his products are like helpful to society instead of ripping it apart. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> fucking ruined society, yeah, I feel like. He did. <laughs> not like it's not like social media would never have been invented. Yeah. But he just happened to be the one to invent it and their business model fucked us. Like, oh man, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's ridiculous how broken their money-making model is as far as its effect on society and its real-world consequences mm. that everyone can see happening. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem like a, everybody's kind of calmed down since Trump got got out. Got, uh, got, got out. Got got out. <laughs> got got out. Yeah, At least got the, out. <laughs> uh, it seems like that. My social media, I don't see a whole lot of... Uh, flame wars in the comment sections anymore. So yeah. hopefully that can maintain. Um, I don't know. Do you think Trump's going to run again in 2024? Because he escaped impeachment, so he's allowed? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I uh, I think that he will lose uh, a bulk of his followers by then. People are just going to more rational. Yeah. I think there's like, you know... A lot of the people that voted for him were not just crazy people. They're rational people, but mm -hmm. they had reasons to vote for him. Yeah. But I think that at this point, they're probably going to be wanting to go for someone a little bit more moderate. Yeah. Or at least a little bit more mature. That's my hope. I wouldn't even, like, I, I'm not opposed to having, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not American. So, like, obviously, my opinion really doesn't mean much. But the thought of a Republican president is not like, a terrifying thought to me as long as they're you know rational if they're more conservative mm. than what's been like you know obama or biden that's fine with me you know like i said i don't it doesn't matter it doesn't you know what i'm saying do you know what i'm saying in the <laughs> longest roundabout fucking way possible sam i think yeah i do i also think america is like so so like fucked like they need to they need to do so much stuff to change things and I don't know if a yeah. Republican is going to do anything. Because they seem very much like, everything's fine. Keep it the way it is. Or better yet, go reverse the clock. So, yeah, I, don't know. I think, that, I don't know. I yeah, don't, they want to yeah. go backwards. Yeah, I don't know if uh, but uh, if Trump will run again, though. I feel like he's going to be tired in four years. Like, he's finally going to be like, the thing, tired. The, the worst <laughs> thing to happen to the left side politically is the ultra- social justice shit going on because the obviously you want to progress 
uh, in that realm socially, give, you know, gay people rights. You want people to be, have like, equal opportunities, right? Obviously. Obviously. But when you start, <laughs> when you start everybody having to like say their pronouns before they introduce themselves or after they introduce themselves, that shit, or like where you can't clap anymore, you have to like snap. Did you see that? I think it was going around on some pod, big podcast, but like some socialist gathering in the States and like everybody was, it was just, instead of clapping, the whole crowd would just like shake their hands, like jazz hands, because it would trigger people if they're clapping too loud. It's hilarious. Yeah. And everybody that yeah. speaks would say their pronouns right after. But I was thinking the other day, like if you went to one of these super ultra progressive at like a party and everybody had their little fucking pronouns, like there's no way you're keeping track of everyone you meet. It's pronouns like throughout the party. So every time you interact with someone, you have to re-ask what their pronouns is. It's just, that's just, just fuck. Just, <laughs> I, I think that you should just say him, her, or if you don't, identify as one of those just fucking do it for utility's sake just be like okay you can call me him i don't care that's not how i feel but just do it i don't know yeah the him, the him and the send your thing, hate like, mail to tps podcast yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com tps podcast 420 at gmail.com we haven't gotten any uh hate mail yet so that that's spice good. things up yeah i'm I, sure i just pissed off someone i, I doubt they listen to the- this anyway that's true that's true i don't know I, th- I think you just need like you need you need him you need her and then if someone has like their own personal one that they want to use then they can say that one but they also have yeah. to realize that like like yes you can reasonably accommodate them by using the pronoun that they want but they also have to like mm-hmm. reasonably accommodate you to some extent and not expect you to like memorize everything yeah, I, I think that in, in your own social circle, like your inner circle, of course, your friends are going to learn what you prefer to be called. Yeah. And they're, yeah. if they're good friends, they will call you what you prefer to be called. But in, when interacting with the general public, just for like, you know, the sake of moving the conversation along, let's just, let's just accept what you're like. I don't care if people had to call me he, like her to, for society to, to keep moving, then go for it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not fun to be misgendered. I mean, when I was in grade seven, I had really long hair. And um, yeah. and I got misgendered all the time. People would say like, okay, little girl, come over here. And it would, they would be referring to me. Yeah. It wasn't, was not fun. I got the wrong no. gender printed. No, on I understand that. I understand that. But it's just having every, all the, the fact that there's like 88 pronouns now is like, it's a, it's a little ridiculous. Can we just keep it under five? Can we keep it under five? Yeah, I feel like that's a rash. That's a reasonable compromise. Yeah, on the plus side, like the chances that you're ever actually going to have to use pronouns other than the typical ones are very, very low. So when it does yeah, happen, unless you run in those circles, yeah, unless you run in those circles, and then like that's your choice. Yeah, I just think about like because I work in construction, I could not imagine someone coming on the construction site and asking everyone to call them Zimzer. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just wouldn't it's happen. It just would not happen. <laughs> yeah, it's theirs. It's theirs. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they would be like the best worker on the site, and everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, Zer's Can I borrow Zer's hammer? Zer has the best. Yeah, that's fucking whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, it could happen. It I mean, I'm happen. sure there's a possible world where where that happens and it works. I feel like Zim Zer belongs to like an alien culture somewhere. <laughs> I mean, we're all like aliens the, in some ex- some yeah. way or another. I don't know. The far the far right, like the extremely far right and the extremely far left, are both terrifying to me in their own ways. Yeah, there's a really good um, sci-fi novel called "The Left Hand of Darkness." Yeah, and it's a it's about a society. It's about this alien race on this on this planet, where it's like really cold all the time, and the people there are all androgynous hermaphrodites. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And that's um, my favorite galaxy, the androgynous. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone gets the the feminine pronoun. Everyone gets the feminine pronoun. And See, so I don't really, have a problem with that. 
pretty interesting. It's a great, uh, great book. Ursula K. Le Guin, famous writer. So, are we going to talk some philosophy today, this week, or what? Oh, oh, what oh yeah, we, we are. We're going to answer. We're, we're going to answer Ferdinand's email from last uh, week. No, I didn't have time to to research that one, and I had already prepared a different episode in the bank. So, we're just going to go. Okay. We'll get, we'll get, we have to get to his question one of these days, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you can email your questions to tpspodcast420 at gmail.com. I keep repeating it because we didn't get any emails this week. And it kind of it just, I think I just forgot to say it last podcast. That must be it. I should like write it down in the description because it's like a long, I can't even remember it. I've heard it how many, I don't know how many times. Like <laughs> tpspodcast420 at gmail. T. Yeah. <laughs> put it in the description. Do it. All lowercase. Uh, let's hit. Uh, yeah, you, I don't think you can do uppercase in emails. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, all right. So this this episode this 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 topic is this is about as philosophical as it gets. This topic. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to. I'll, I guess I'll introduce the topic by introducing the most famous philosopher associated with this topic. Okay. This is this is a guy named David Lewis. Why don't you Google, if you have your your Google computer there, Google David Lewis philosopher and get a a look at this guy. David Lewis philosopher, because there's lots of people named David Lewis. Politician? Uh, Nope, American philosopher. This guy looks like our good friend Zach with a bigger beard. Yeah, he does look a bit like Zach, eh? (laughs) He does. Yeah, with a big beard, like I mean, Zach will look like this in like another twenty years, <laughs> thirty yeah. maybe. Yeah, he, yeah, he, exactly. he does. Maybe he's like got a bit of Czech background in him. I don't know. Zach's a philosopher in Excuse his own me. right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this guy, David Lewis, I one of my professors went to a conference, and David Lewis was presenting at the conference, and so he's got this big beard, right? And so, yeah, someone. Um, Someone asked him a question, mm-hmm. like this this complicated question about what he was talking about, and so he sat there like stroking this long beard for like maybe like a good ten seconds, just stroking his beard, and then he said, yeah. "Well, I have eleven things I would like to say in response to that question." And, oh then, he, and then he just went through eleven different like responses to the question, just off oh the top my God. of his head. Yeah. See, so, that tells me that like. There is a level of intelligence that I will never even be able to catch a glimpse of within my own mind. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, like there is a, there's a level of, of enlightenment and intelligence that exists in humans that very few can actually access. I find. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. We're going to be today. We're going to be talking about two people. The other guy's named Saul Kripke and they are both like on this totally other level where they're like, so the so Saul Kripke, he's like he's a, he's another person on this topic, and yeah, at another professor who was at a conference with Saul Kripke, and so you should also Google uh, Saul Kripke because he also looks weird. <laughs> Saul, how do you say his last name? K R I P K R K E Kripke Paul Kripke, yeah, Kripke. Oh, uh, he looks a little less yeah, weird. Definitely looks like, yeah. He looks like he's lived indoors most of his life, at least. Yeah, if he has the we- he has a really weird voice, really weird way of talking. Um, and um, so anyway, so so the professor had he was at like a dinner with Saul Kripke, and they were sitting at this table, and Saul Kripke was saying like, "Last night I was lying in bed, I was so cold, and I was just lying in bed, and I was so cold, and I was I couldn't fall asleep, and I lay there for like three hours, so cold, and then I realized I hadn't I'd forgotten to pull the covers over myself." Okay, yeah, so this reminds me of, I don't even know if this is true, but someone once told me that Albert Einstein didn't even know how to dress himself because his mind was like, his brain was so wired to do like higher level thinking that like basic low level thinking tasks were like, his brain just like fucking shut that zone down for more space to fit the other shit in. Oh, that's, in- you know that's I mean? interesting. That, dude, I don't that's, know if that's true. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I read about this this guy. He uh, he got like attacked with an axe. Yeah, like someone attacked him with an axe, and then he seemed dead. So the person left the scene, but the guy like got up 
from after being attacked by the axe and like went through his entire morning routine of like making eggs, like getting ready for work. Uh, I think I read about this on Reddit actually. Yeah, he he did like everything because somehow the part, only the part of his brain that did like complex decision-making had been injured and like the part of his brain that sort of went automatic was fine. And so, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Einstein didn't have That's, the automatic part. <laughs> you just have autopilot. Yeah, he didn't have the it's autopilot. It's funny. It, there is a, I mean, obviously, I'm like, I, I hate that I always say this, but I always feel like I have to say, I don't know what I'm talking about before I say things. Mm. But I think I heard that your brain, when you're learning something new, it's it's in one part of your brain when you're learning it. And then after you've repeated it over and over and over again, that information gets like shifted to a different part of your brain that, that is now muscle memory automatic mm. part. Yeah. So it's like you put together the habit in your frontal cortex or whatever. And then once it's built and it's solid, it gets shipped back to your uh, like subconscious automatics, automatic mm. brain section. Yeah, one one part is like the research and design, the R and D, and then the other part is the implementation. Uh huh. And these guys, they they have a way overdeveloped R and D part of their brain, and they don't have any room to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that part of their brain has has been filled up with more <laughs> more knowledge of actual functioning knowledge. Yeah, it's like it's like when you take out if your goal is speed in a car. You can take out all the back seats to lighten it up because there's one purpose for that car, and it's not to be comfortable; it's to be fast. <laughs> and so they've taken out all the shit they don't need of their brain to fit in more like genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you don't need to be a, you don't need to be able to put on your pajamas by yourself to be considered a genius. So let's get rid of that part of the brain, and yeah. uh, you can figure out E equals MC square there. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Actually, we should we should do some more brain surgeries on babies. Yeah, I've been saying that since the first time I I saw a baby. <laughs> let's let's that skull is nice and soft. Let's get in there. And... Yeah, get through that with a butter knife, man. Let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Ugh. It's not Great too image. complicated yet. It's fresh, you know. It's fresh. It's a fresh brain. You can practically see the sparks of the neurons firing. Uh, yeah, nice smooth brain. Could um, you imagine if, like, if if a baby was born with no no like skull, ugh. but it had a brain, and like at night, if you turn the lights off, you could see like through its translucent skin, like little like <laughs> arcs of electricity going around. What is this like? That a, would be wild. Baby electro. It's like a yeah. baby. Well, you know, you, there's a lot of electrical current going through your brain, right? Oh, that's that's how your neurons fire. That's true. But I wonder if you could actually see that. Like, have you ever have you ever taken off your shirt in the in the dark and you see all the static electricity in your shirt, uh-huh. and you can yeah. actually see it? Like, it looks like little miniature lightning flashing everywhere. Yeah. Imagine, I want to see that through a baby's. Brain. Are you asking if you put a baby in a dark room and make it think and you'll see sparks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it didn't have a skull and it had really thin skin, and you just get, you told us to fucking think about something, it's just yeah. you can I think see if the, the baby didn't have a skull, it would have a lot of other problems. <laughs> well, maybe you could tell it to think about the problem of it not having a skull. <laughs> yeah, maybe it would start glowing and like humming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a possible world where that's the way it goes. Oh man. Do you ever wish that you that humans had exoskeletons instead of internal skeletons? That'd be sick. Um, yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't even need a house. You wouldn't even need... I don't even think you'd need homes. We wouldn't need homes. We wouldn't need buildings. We Everybody would just interact and do everything outside. Well, I mean, insects have exoskeletons, but a lot of them have to make buildings and homes. Like ant, anthills. Fuck you, Sam. Fuck you. <laughs> Those aren't the cool ones. I want to be a dung beetle. Oh, okay. Sure. That'd be a great life. Dung beetles. Egyptians, <laughs> uh, thought, Egyptians valued them, I think. They thought the dung beetles were holy scarabs. Well, they liked beetles, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what was the other name for it? Not beetle, but... Um, fuck, it's another name for like a giant beetle. 
Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Do you know what Paul, I'm saying? Paul I think McCartney? It with an S. Oh. No. Fuck you. <laughs> um. <laughs> He's only like 5'2", man. He's not a giant beetle. <laughs> if there was a beetle the size of Paul McCartney, it would be frightening. I would consider yeah. that a giant beetle. <laughs> yeah, but do you think it would have Oh, the like same... a Goliath beetle or something? No, it, it's another word for, I think, for a beetle. But it starts with an S. Scarab. Scarab. That's what it yeah. is. Fuck. Yeah, I said that. God yeah. damn it. You did? Okay. Yeah. I, I only listen to about 40% of what other people say, I find. <laughs> That's pretty high. That's a high percentage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really just waiting for people to stop talking so I can diarrhea my ideas out. Oh, yeah. You know? Open and I hope I can only hope that forty percent of my ideas are getting absorbed. That would be like a pretty good rate, I think. I feel like sometimes I only yeah. get one or two percent. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're, what? What are we talking about as far as uh, David Lewis? Okay, so David Lewis is famous for coming up with um, something called possible world semantics. Now, yeah. Yeah, so it's heavy stuff. We're 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 not going to get into the the real meat and potatoes. Personally, I uh, I I I uh, I've been known to be anti-semantic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it was thank how you for I was getting, raised. <laughs> thank you for telling us yeah. that German upbringing. Yeah. Um, okay, we're just gonna move on. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so pos- possible worlds. So this is sort of similar to the idea in physics, right? There's this idea in physics that you have um, an infinite number, or not an infinite number, but like this multiverse where there's parallel universes that are like are similar to ours but different. We can't access them. Same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. There's a yeah. There's a similar idea in philosophy espoused by David Lewis that there are all of these other possible worlds um, that we can't access, and that they're like real. Yeah. They're real places. Their people in them are real. They're as real as you and me, but they're not. Yeah, they're not places we can visit. You can't look at them through a telescope. You could say. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is that philosophy and physics arrived at this. Very similar conclusion by two completely different routes. Which is like a great way to validate that it's probably, uh, you know, there's some, there's some, God, I wish my words were better. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say validate again. It, it's, a, it's a good validation, you know, when two things are found out in completely different methods. It's a good sign that there's something to it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would have, I would agree with that. Um, so everyone, I think most people know like the physics stories. Like there's like this Big Bang thing that happens, and somehow that lots of different worlds start. I don't fucking understand it, but um, whatever. The philosophy one is a lot seems a lot easier to understand for me anyway. So uh-huh. basically, the the philosophy one starts with this, right? Like we believe that it is possible that things could have been otherwise, right? So it's possible that you could have worn a different shirt today. Or it's possible. It's possible, yeah. It's possible, right? It's possible that uh, Donald Trump never became president. It's possible. Things could have been different. Could have been different. Maybe Caesar never crossed the Rubicon. Maybe he never did. Maybe he Um, didn't. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe the asteroid that killed design... Killed the dinosaurs, mists, right? Like it's possible. It seems like it could have been different. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Um, plausible, even plausible. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's a problem, and the problem is that well, this was like an old logic problem. The problem is that traditional logic couldn't express those sentences as true or false, or valid or invalid. Right. So if, if I say it's true that Caesar crossed the Rubicon to show that yeah. it's true. I would just have to show the real thing that like Caesar really did cross the Rubicon back in the day. Some close cur- CCTV footage. <laughs> yeah. Brutus is just some black and white footage. 
Yeah. From the security camera at the Quickie Mart across from it. <laughs> at 12.59 a.m., Caesar crossed the Rubicon. He entered the 7-Eleven yeah. and ordered a slushie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was amazed. It's not water, but it's not ice. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What drink, is this? This drink of the gods. Mountain Dew. Mount Olympus? Big gulp. <laughs> Big gulp. <laughs> Big gulp. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to launch a thousand ships and genocide the people so I can have this power. Yes. Enslave the Gauls and make them make me slushies. Um. <laughs> the big Gauls making big gulps. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we can say that's true. But if we, on the other hand, say Caesar might never have crossed the Rubicon, then there's no actual thing that I can point to to say, like, see, it's true. He might never have crossed the Rubicon. Like, I can't, I can't point to anything to show that that sentence is true or false. Do you right. know what I mean? Because it never It's true it never that happened. he might. But how do I know that it's true that he might have? Like, what could confirm that he might never have crossed? Like, it, it seems so hard to confirm that. Like, he didn't cross. So how can I prove that he might not have crossed? Right. Right? It's like, it's hard. Like, how could things have gone another way? Well, maybe, like, the historical forces, like, his character was such that he had no choice but to cross. He, he could not have not crossed. So it's like, it's hard to, to prove it with, like, a normal logical sense. Um, it's true that they might is a very tricky little sentence to throw into anything. It's true yeah. that they might. Like, what does that even anything, mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do you it doesn't how make do you sense. show that it's true? Anything can be true that it might. Like it's true that I might shove this pencil in my hand through my eyeball later, but <laughs> it's also true that I probably won't. Yeah. So, it's it's both things are true. When you throw the word might in there, you know, Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle, exactly. You know, put the shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> two in the hen, one in the forest. Uh a a, uh, the same river never runs twice, as they say. Yeah. yeah. You can't jump backwards <laughs> off a moving boat. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so, so what, what, get us back on track, man. Yeah. I don't remember what we're talking about. Right. Um, so, uh, so we're talking about how in normal, normal first order logic sentences, it's it's very hard to assign a truth value to a sentence like Caesar might never have crossed the Rubicon um, because there's yeah. nothing in the world that you can point to, to to show whether or not that sentence is true. Right. There's other problems as well um, that that happen. Uh, like here's like here's one. Um, uh, this is this is like the sort of thing that like really really smart philosophers are like really good at doing this sort of thing, right? So let's take let's look at these sentences. First sentence: All Biden voters are mammals. That's sentence one. Yeah. Sentence two. Sounds fine. Yeah, sounds true. Wait, no, 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 because oh. Hillary Clinton is a lizard. <laughs> I think that's pretty much fact now. She's a reptile. Okay. So well, well played, well played. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's. How about, you uh, read up? How about you do your own research, <laughs> Sam, and you get to the bottom of these things? Because I'm sick of having to inform you of all these facts. My bad. Uh, I'll listen to more uh, Sam Tripoli and Alex Jones. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, number so yeah. two. All my pets are mammals. Okay, so both of those sentences, if the though both of those sentences are true and they have the same extension, mammals. Uh huh. First one extends Biden voters to mammals, and the second one extends pets to mammals. All my pets. Yeah. But then here's, here's two more sentences. Not all Biden voters are mammals. Not all my pets are mammals. So the thing is with these sentences is because they have the same extension, if you put yeah. the word not in front of both of them, they both are true. Or right. in this case, they're both false. because yeah. But then no, here's no, the problem. No, because what if you had, uh, so, so oh, sorry, it's obviously not saying 
not all Biden voters are mammals is a false thing because humans are mammals, right? Mm-hmm. But if you say not all my pets are mammals, that could totally be true if you had a lizard or a, or a bird. Right, but that's slightly different because you just introduced the word could, which is suggesting uh, that things could be different, right? So, but we're talking about what right. is the case, and I'm saying it is the uh, case that not all my pets are mammals. But okay, this is perfect yeah. because you you just you anticipated what the problem is. So if we go to the next one, now instead of adding the word not or all in front of the sentence, we're going to add the word necessarily. So now ah. it says necessarily all Biden voters are mammals. That's still true. You can't vote if you're not a mammal. Yeah. But, Which is really just wrong. <laughs> and I think that needs to change. And it's kind of sad that that's the truth uh, I agree. in 2021. I agree. We should... Extend animal animal rights beyond just mammals. Include all species in the democratic process. I've hey, been my saying dogs, that yeah. for literal years. <laughs> I think if pets are affected by the outcome of an election, then the pets should have an opportunity to vote. I think yeah. that's only fair in a democracy. Um, you know what they should do? <laughs> Instead of having people vote, they literally should just get both candidates and put one on the, one end of the room, the other on the other end of the room, and you get like three or four dogs, you put them in the middle, and you just, you, whoever they go to, that's president. <laughs> that would be a much faster way to settle it. Yeah. Um, just Biden and Trump. Here, buddy, come on. Here, get over here, little boy. <laughs> yeah, and then Trump would never win because you know dogs do not like him. No, of course not. Can't yeah. fucking get near that, that dude's bronzer. <laughs> All right. Smells too much. So, but the problem is if we had necessarily, if we say necessarily all my pets are mammals, then that's false because it's not the case that I necessarily only have mammals as pets. You can easily have a bird. So you can't right. substitute. So, that, so as soon as you introduce some word about how things could be or could be different, like it, it throws logic, it's all bunged up. Yeah, bunged up. So David Lewis had to come along and he like in one fell swoop just sort of made this problem almost like go away. And it's really elegant. So the way he says it is, uh, is this, right? So we've got these terms, necessarily and possibly. Yeah. So he says, a sentence is necessarily true if and only if it is true in every possible world. Oh. And for possibly, a sentence is possibly true if and only if it is true in some possible world. Ah. So this lets us solve that problem of the Caesar crossing the Rubicon, right? So if we say it's possible that Caesar might never have crossed the Rubicon, well, that yeah. sentence is true if and only if Caesar never crossed the Rubicon in some possible world. So, which he probably didn't, right? If there are multiple worlds, it's, 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 fair, it's safe to say that in one of them, he didn't. Yeah, so this is how David Lewis sort of like uh, another like really clear, clear way to put it. So he says like, what, how many, what kind of worlds are there? Um, well, every, every world that is possible to exist, exists. And so the way he puts it, that absolutely every way that a world could be is a way that some world is. Now, I've heard this before, something along these lines where every, so I hear like, because the universe is infinite, there's a version of you that's actually Batman out there. People will say shit like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. because the universe and time is infinite, there is a version of you that has five hands growing out of its head, right? And people will say this as if it's true, but just because something can happen does not necessarily mean it will happen, even if you have infinite numbers and time. Well. Okay, so you're so you're disagreeing with that. That just that, like, I just heard that. That's just what I've I remember reading this somewhere where because I remember someone saying there's some internet meme, you know, some bullshit screen cap from Twitter right. where someone said because of that there's a version of you who's Batman out there. That's crazy, like mind blown. That's nuts to think <laughs> about. But I think some naysayer in the comments was like essentially like just because something is possible doesn't mean that it will occur if you have infinite time. Which, to me, 
makes more sense than a version of me that's actually Batman. Okay, so I think I sort of understand what their their point is. So David Lewis's definition, he's saying something is possibly true if and only if it is true in some possible world. So when we say right. that like it's possible that in some world you are Batman, according to David Lewis, that sentence is only true if in fact in some possible world you are Batman. However, we have to be very careful because you do not exist in any other world but this one. Counterparts. He, he would say in other worlds there are counterparts of you. So there are people who are very much uh, like you, but they're not you. Uh, so only if in some other world there is someone who is very much like you, but not you, who is Batman, is it the case that um, in some other world that there's a person, your counterpart is Batman? Ah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that that makes more sense to me because I know me and I know I'll, I just I don't have the gumption to yeah so <laughs> fight crime might, at night yeah like it might not be possible for a counterpart of you to still be very much like you and also be Batman in another world yeah yeah, yeah. if there if here's another sentence that's true if this person if someone is necessarily like me they cannot be Batman. Oh, okay, yeah. So if someone is very much like you, then they, they can't be that bad. <laughs> if someone shares even just 50% of my natural aptitude <laughs> and personality type, they're not going to be Batman ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is, when you put it in, when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, the possibilities are a little bit more limited than I thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is that, like, it's that thing if you give uh, um, a bunch of monkeys typewriters in an infinite time that eventually they'll write the works of Shakespeare. Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's true at all. I, I, I think that this, this idea that infinite time means infinite possibilities well, are all executed in reality at some point is bullshit. And I don't know why that got perpetrated perpetuated yeah. on the internet so much. I, I don't know. That that topic is way outside my scope of expertise. No, you know what? Actually, I think it's I think it's in my wheelhouse and I think I'm right. <laughs> okay. Cuz I really do not understand probability, so like I honestly could not tell you like given an infinite amount of time cuz that's a lot of time. Um Yeah. That's a lot. Of an time. infinite amount of time. Like a lot of time. Like longer than 3 hours on an airplane. Like it's longer than waiting 20 minutes to go to the bathroom. Like, we're talking... It is longer than that, yeah. <laughs> Although they do feel the same. Perception-wise, it's the same. Uh, but, like, here's the thing. I think it's more likely that if you gave a bunch of monkeys typewriters an infinite time, that they would, they would, they would pump out gibberish mm. all the time. But they might pump out the exact same gibberish more than once, which is also pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah. They might just not be able to hit the typewriter in the correct order to write Hamlet. I mean, that would take, it does seem pretty hard, but anyway. That's what I'm saying is that I don't think infinite amount of time will solve that problem. I don't think time solves that problem of having Hamlet come out of a bunch of typewriters from monkeys. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't I think, don't, I don't I don't think any amount of time would, would, would allow that to happen. That's just my own personal. That's, can, I'm going with my gut on this one. Can the monkeys be also, coached? What's that? Can the monkeys receive coaching? Here's the thing. Here's the one loophole. If you have that much time, these monkeys might evolve into humans, in which case they might actually come up with Hamlet. Ah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, I just disproved my own theory. <laughs> okay. So, so that's David Lewis. He's what people call a concrete, a concretist about possible worlds. He thinks they're actually out there. They're real. You can't go visit them. You can't see them. They're never a place you could go to, but they are. They're just as real as our world. And there's counterparts of you in them. Mm -hmm. um, so some people don't like this. There's a, the downside, I guess, to this, they would say, is that it makes the universe extremely complex ontologically. That there's just so many yeah. parallel universes. And that, that's also... Now, it's up, it's up to you whether or not you think that's actually a problem, because guess what? The universe is already extremely ontologically complex. Like, 
There's yeah, so you know why? You know it's what? Already complex. You know how complex it is. I don't even know what ontologically means, and I've been alive for <laughs> almost thirty years. That's how Ont- complex it is. Ontologically is it's a long word, but it's a very simple word. It just means what exists, uh, what, there, what there is. That's cool. I'm going to throw yeah. that into cap conversations casually now. <laughs> <laughs> Ontologically, how much money is in my bank account? <laughs> Ontologically speaking, what's in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, perfect. Um, okay, so... Yeah, that's, a good, that's a great way to make people dislike you very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Ontologically, what's in the fridge? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so against David Lewis is Saul Kripke. And Saul Kripke is an abstractist about possible worlds. So he he doesn't think that they're real. Um, right. He thinks that they are these abstract things, that they are states of affairs or ways that things could be. Um, so the way to think about this is a possible world is, it's also still really complicated, a, a possible world is a single, comprehensive, and consistent proposition describing a total state of affairs of that world. So, yeah, so it's basically the longest sentence that could ever be written, pretty much. Um, Right. I don't know if you could even write one. It's it's metaphysically, it's as complex as the concrete stuff is ontologically complex. It's just, there's so many abstract entities. it's really complicated. Yeah, this stuff is like, I don't know how they even keep track of what their thoughts are in their head when they're thinking about this type of thing. Like, uh, yeah. And then the third one. The so, third like, branch. if I was to listen to Saul Kripke and David Lewis debate, I'd literally think I would, I might, they might as well be speaking. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to follow their conversation. I can't even no, follow. But I would pretend I I would pretend I would nod my head every 30 <laughs> seconds as if I just got the point. Yeah. <laughs> nod your head, stroke your imaginary beard. Yeah. I got a mustache, dude. I'm this is the big, oh, really? this is the longest my mustache has ever been. I actually oh, people it's like the first time people have actually been like nice mustache and I'm like, "Thank you." Are they, they saying actually, it ironically? Really hear it? I, here's here's for all my AMSR ASMR people out there. Do you you feel that? You can feel that? That's homegrown, baby. Homegrown. Was I supposed to hear something? I don't know. Here, let me take this. Oh, fuck. Got caught in the mic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Doing that. Are electricians allowed to have facial hair? Like, I thought firefighters like aren't allowed. Of the- no, they're not allowed because they have to have full suction of their oxygen, oxygen oh. mass on their face. I thought it was, but they're allowed. Sort of they're allowed mustaches as long as they don't. But they can't have any chin beard or, or cheek hair. Uh, I thought it was so their faces did catch on fire, like when they opened a door or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I worked up north, because of like the H two S, you couldn't uh, have any facial hair up there for that same reason. Oh my god! In case you had to throw in an oxygen tank, and I, I remember one day I got, I showed up and I forgot to shave, and I got sent home. Oh, or shit. home. I got sent back to camp to shave. Damn, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, go Real shave. Embarrassing. Fucking ruffian. I I just felt I've never felt like a man more of a man. I was like, can't believe that they think I have a sweet beard right now. <laughs> My thick beard is gonna end up killing me. That's pretty cool though. Um, yeah. So that's the end of. I don't know if you ever. I don't know if we got to any sort of conclusion today, but. Uh, as you once told me, philosophy is not about conclusions. It's about getting in, immeasurably confused. And I think that that's been accomplished. Yeah. Um, if you want to get even more confused, there's a third branch of possible worlds called combinatorialism, which is, uh, this branch is the, is the idea that a possible world is a recombination of the actual world. So basically the only possible worlds that you could have are some recombination of all of the, like, the facts about our world. Oh, so like all the rules are still in play, but they're just jumbled and put together in a different way. Honestly, I don't really understand it that well. Um, but yeah, it's sort of sort of like that. And um, the only problem with that theory is that it it is very against this intuition that we have that other things might have existed, like. You think, oh, my, maybe like there could have been like dragons or something. 
but right. not, not with this. This has no way. Those things could never have existed. Not in any possible world. Could you have ever had like dragons and magic or anything like that? Well, that's some fucking bullshit. So that's like the least fun version of this whole theory. It is the very, and get no big surprise who who's associated with that one. Wittgenstein. Some Russian. The, the king of no fun. Ah, Wittgenstein? Yeah, he was a, uh, he was like an elementary school math teacher for a while and he got fired because he would hit the students when they got math questions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you would get so mad if they got math questions wrong. You just start hitting them. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking idiot. Okay. Well, I think that's our podcast for this week, Sam. We got an hour in the can. Oh man, that flew by. Yeah, that was good, good fun. Uh, you guys need to send your emails to tpspodcast420 at Gmail. Sam's going to put it in the description this week. Let's get some emails going because it really, really makes it worth Like Every time I see that email box with a new email in it, I put my loaded res- revolver and I just I slide <laughs> it right out of my mouth and I put it back <laughs> in the shelf. So let's keep that going. Um, and uh, if you are listening, thanks. Thanks for listening. Sam, you have anything to add? Um, no. Perfect. <laughs> you guys have a good week. Bye.